If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week on Pop Gays. We talk Emmy Award winners. David Attenborough's Instagram. And the decline of gay clubs. Woo! Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pop Gays. A pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. For postmodern queers! How you doing? Hi, Hello. welcome. Welcome back to Pop Gaze. Another day in paradise. Another day, another sleigh, another gay with things to say. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and that's one thing about the gays. We do love a chat. <laughs> we do. That's a little kiki. Um, what has been happening in your lives this week? Is there any pop culture phenomenons or TV shows or anything that has uh, changed your serotonin levels <laughs> significantly? <laughs> well, I think we all just have got out of watching the Dan Andrews press conference about our future. And there's not a lot of news, according to Dan. Basically, just we're not in curfew anymore. Yeah. <sighs> Which mm. is good because I like the main thing that affected me was like running to Dan Murphy's, not Dan yeah. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having an affair with Dan Andrews. <laughs> um, no, running to um, Dan Murphy's at like 8 p.m. was no longer on the cards, but thankfully there are delivery services that will cater my particular my needs. needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I personally love going to the supermarket like 10, 30, 11 p.m. when I'm like a little bit stoned in a snacky mood and I can't wait to do that again. I love that. So nice when you've got like some kind of like ethereal music or not ethereal, (laughs) but like some Lana Del Rey or something on (laughs) and you're just like walking around pretending you're in a music video. (laughs) Yeah. I put in my like surround sound so I truly can't hear anything. Oh, incredible. I have a speaker, a waterproof speaker permanently set up in the bathroom that is just for me doing my like showering music videos. 
I need to get one of those. Yeah, yeah. Get on it. I just use my phone, which is like so dangerous. I just like have it on top. There's like a little thing that I can put my phone on and it just kind of rests gently there. You are playing with fire. I truly am. And I'm not I'm not a coordinated person naturally, so that phone's gonna come down one day. <laughs> Charlie, you, before we started recording, you said that there was like a funny lead up to the Dan Presser. Yeah, because I don't ever use actual television these days. I had to like dust it off, like take the curtain off this old TV. And, like, <laughs> I had to like put batteries into the remote. I felt like a boomer on TikTok. I was like, what is this contraption? <laughs> but um, yeah, I finally got like the TV going and I realized that I was like half an hour early for the press conference. So I was like, oh, I've just got to watch actual television. Oh my so God. I ended up watching on Channel 10, they had like the American masked singer. Oh. Did they have actual celebrities on there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It was fucking crazy because it was the pilot episode. They hadn't revealed who any of the celebrities were, but they were talking about last season's finalists, which included Sarah Palin and Little Bow Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But oh. get this, the thing that just I couldn't deal with is that Lil Bow Wow has clearly grown up because now his name is just Bow Wow. Oh my god, wow. Yeah, he's wow. not little anymore. Yeah, he's a fully sized Bow Wow. And how big is Sarah Palin? <laughs> Monstrous. <laughs> <laughs> big Sarah now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, Sarah Palin made the quick and seamless transition from pro- politician to reality TV star. Like yeah. her daughter was on Dancing with the Stars as well. Oh my god! And there was like, didn't her daughter get like pregnant really young and then had like a fucking shotgun wedding and then was on Dancing with the Stars? Oh my god, Sarah Palin! Remember when she was like talk of the town? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> incredible. Talking about little bow wow. Um, yesterday when I was doing my hair, I watched with my housemate she like came to hang out with me because i was so bored it was taking like six hours oh and i was God. like let's watch this show called drop in cash season one and two on netflix and it just follows celebrities on like a day where they spend money and there's an episode with little bow wow and he buys like <laughs> this like thirty thousand dollar jersey from a basketball team and it's really interesting because like usually they're just going to buy cars I think he like test drives a car and then he's like 75k for this jersey. You got it. And then he's <laughs> right to check. <laughs> oh my God. That's it's amazing. It's really entertaining. Was he still Lil Bow Wow at the time or had he transitioned into adult Bow Wowism? I think back then he was still a little Bow Wow. Oh. <laughs> Maybe when he bought the $35,000 jersey, he's like, I have... That upgraded him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to drop $70,000 on a jersey, then you are an adult. Yeah. <laughs> no questioning it. The best like thing in that shop that he went to to get this memorabilia was a drawing by Muhammad Ali that looked like a child had done it. It was like... <laughs> ocean with some fish and it was like this was part of muhammad ali's therapy and we're selling this thing he drew as part of therapy for 100k that is so not okay oh my god right capitalism knows no bounds what about like patient (laughs) confidentiality (laughs) (laughs) what if his like trauma drawings are like really revealing it's like little fish in the ocean We learned something about Ali we didn't know. See, I was imagining like some kid's therapy drawing that would be like their parents getting divorced or something like that. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) 
this like 50 year old like grown man just drawing like <laughs> his mum and dad and like crossing out dad and like a car and a house just like huh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god! Speaking of trash on Netflix, although that doesn't sound like trash to me, I like I, I need to stop calling it trash. I enjoy these shows. Yes. Sophisticated trash. Sophisticated trash. Thank you. I've started watching Below Deck. Oh my god! I need to get into this. <laughs> I've heard all about this. Is it good? <laughs> it's like it's just it's bizarre. So I have I got binge recently as well, which I've talked about on this podcast before, but it changed my life, and it definitely does that thing like the Kardashians where it's like maybe like mid 2000s and nothing is really happening. It's just a hospo job. And the thing is like, oh my God, like they've been waiting 20 minutes for their food. (laughs) Watch it. I feel like it's feeding this thing. Like I can't work hospo now that like the restrictions haven't eased. So I just need that kind of like hospitality drama of like the client needs this. (laughs) Am I correct to guess that it's sort of like a mix between Real Housewives and like the sweet life of Zach and Cody? Yes, yes, absolutely. So they're like, people charter these boats and it's like, it's wild. It's so expensive as well. Like it costs like $100,000 to charter a boat and they stay there for like two, three nights. And I'm kind of like, if I had the money, it would be amazing to like charter a boat. But I also am like, I feel like it'd be more beneficial to just like hire a hotel room, like a really nice one for less money and eat at better restaurants where you're like not on a boat and then like have a day on a boat and like come back i don't know i'm crazy i'm also talking about things that i will never and have never experienced i'm wild (laughs) i'm crazy have you guys ever been on a boat i've been on yes (laughs) tell me your boat stories um i was on a boat for my friend's bachelorette party which was a destination wedding the best. Oh, I saw some photos from this. You yeah. guys looked incredible. It was so nice. It was like one of the best days of my life. Um, like when <laughs> I die, I want to have a flashback to that day because there were those handsome boatmen <laughs> like serving us. Where was it? Uh, in the Dominican Republic. And then we're like oh jumping off the boat and there was a slide off the oh. boat. It was like my dream come true. I felt really bougie. Oh my that God, it so sounds cool. so nice. So much nicer than when Josh and I were in hawaii and we paid for this like cocktails on a catamaran experience (laughs) i love it it was us and like 30 other american tourists (laughs) on this catamaran and you sort of sit in the middle part of it between the two hulls which is that like stretchy Like <laughs> elastic material. It's impossible to sit on that and look good. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> but the thing is, because the day before I had not put on sunscreen and I am like white as a sheet, so I burnt to a crisp and I was really badly sunburnt. So <laughs> oh, on no. this particular day, I was like, We're going out on the boat and like you have the double reflection of the sun from the water, so I really need to be like covered in sunscreen. <laughs> but I was so covered in sunscreen that it started like sweating off off my forehead into my eyes and then I had this really like severe like the worst pain I have ever felt in my life in my eyes I couldn't see (gasps) but like once you head out on the catamaran it's like we can't go back until we're done with this experience because people have paid money but like in the first 10 minutes I was like oh my god I can't see I'm in so much pain (laughs) but I've got all these drunk Americans just like like oh my god we're on a boat like Uh, (laughs) and we're like heading on these waves and i can't see and so it's making me like nauseous because i'm on this like elastic like thing (laughs) 
Oh, no. And Josh is like, try and make the best of it, baby. And I'm like, I'm trying. Um, and literal like, hell. Yeah, it was a, it was the worst experience of my life. And then we get ashore and I'm like, Josh, take me to a fucking hospital. And then so like we got in an Uber and was just like, take us to the nearest hospital. And I had to have a like $300 emergency eye wash. Oh, my God. Hawaiian <laughs> thing. And, like, this was meant to be, like, the peak of our romantic getaway that we'd, like, saved up for years and all this kind of shit. <laughs> oh. Everyone was like, how is the catamaran trip? I was like, it, well, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it was trash, but I got a good story. <laughs> oh, God. It's all worth it. It's all worth it for the anecdote in the end. I try to steer from, like, stereotypes, but Americans traveling... are truly the worst. I say that as an Australian who are probably worse than Americans. We're a different kind of worse. Yeah, yeah. We're both (laughs) shit. Two kinds of evil. (laughs) But fucking, like, American tourists are next level. And they always want to, like, there's something about Americans that, like, they always want to make friends. Yes. And, like, really quickly. And I'm just, like, I'm actually just, like, in this hostel for, like, financial reasons. And (laughs) I'm having a good time. I will come on that pub crawl, but at a certain point, I'm going to stop talking to you. (laughs) Well, it's actually interesting when we were in Hawaii. I was expecting to have more of Americans trying to hang out with us and get to know us. But interestingly, I had, because there's a lot of Japanese population in Hawaii, Mm. there were a lot of Japanese tourists and Japanese locals even. And I speak Japanese, so... So I was taking every opportunity that I could to try and like chat with Japanese oh tourists. My God, I didn't know that about you, Charlie. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. And I made friends with these two Japanese girls who were traveling and we like shared a cab with them at one point. And I was just in the back seat with these girls chatting in Japanese. Josh is in the front seat, just like, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what they're saying, but they seem to be having a real good time. <laughs> That's so good. When Kays and I were in Germany, I would like accidentally get into conversations with Germans where I would understand maybe like 40% of what they were saying, but like enough to like respond. And I felt too rude to be like, I'm so sorry. I actually have stopped understanding. (laughs) I learned in, I kept saying, ich habe in Schule gelernt. And then being like, ein bisschen Deutsch. Ein bisschen Deutsch. fucking around and I like, didn't want to expose myself but also like it's like awkward talking to strangers in general let alone if they like speak <laughs> if you're speaking the same language or if you can keep up and so I just be like agreeing with people and like having maybe like five to six minute conversations like at train stations and then they'd move on and Kayla would be like what was that about and I'm like I don't know I heard <laughs> teapot um, yeah. and shoes <laughs> It's so funny when there's that, like, people want to help so badly, but sometimes it's just, like, the language barrier. I just cannot do it. Like, I found when I was in Japan, when I I did, like, an exchange at school, and when we were in, like, this smaller town outside Tokyo, there were so many friendly locals that were just excited to have tourists and that sort of stuff around. So everyone would always, like, be really excited to come and help. But sometimes, like, if they didn't know where it was, they would still try and give you their advice. But, like, I wouldn't understand that. So I'd just be like, oh, they're telling me with confidence that it's this way. (laughs) I'd head that way and I'd just be like, this is not fucking where it was. Why did they send me here? And my teacher was like, they want to give you something rather than nothing. Oh, my God. That reminds me of my my friend's mom was, like, just walking around 
Richmond and these these tourists came up to her and they were like we have these tickets for the cricket like but we don't know how to get there and so she like gave them looked at their tickets like looked at where they were and she was like oh okay cool like um CG SCG must be a different area of the MCG it's just over there and like guided them there and like made them walk all the way she's like yeah definitely just that way like just head up that street you'll be fine but they had tickets to an event in Sydney and she like as they're walking away was like oh fuck Oh my god, how unfortunate. I know. That is a Sydney cricket ground and Dan yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you just gotta head real north. Just but real I feel north. like that would happen to me because I don't know much about sport, not to be like that gay who's Bro. like sports ball. Hello. Uh, but like yeah, I yeah. genuinely I, I don't watch sport. I enjoy <laughs> it when I'm there. I have a good time. Don't at me. But but I um I feel like I would be in a similar situation where I'd be like, CG, cricket ground. We have MCG, same thing. <laughs> Did you guys play sport at school or, like, after school? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, like most things, I, like, just came for the bare minimum and then went home. <laughs> I love that. Arrive late, leave early. <laughs> it's the way to be. An Irish goodbye. Don't even like yeah, just yeah. get in that cab. ghosting. <laughs> ghosting school. <laughs> we had um we had forced sport and I did St John's ambulance as a summer sport. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and I thought that <laughs> I thought that everyone would pick it. Oh, my God. You're like one of those kids that's like, my sport is choir. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then I did dance as a winter sport. I fucking, I oh took God. I this. wish that was an option for us. <laughs> None of my debating, my theatre, my choir. I did, like, extension English, extension robotics, and none of that, like... <laughs> contributed oh my god they're like no you still gotta play fucking basketball charlie i saw compulsory sport at my school and i laughed at it (laughs) i said i think try me counterproductive what if you're just not sporty yeah thank you thank you what if you're gay (laughs) what if you have like really slim floppy lit like lips My oh lips god. are so floppy, I couldn't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> it's called filler, babe. Oh my god. I, oh, I tell you what, the longer that I'm in lockdown, the more I'm like looking up filler options. Oh. Like for home or for when it's over? <laughs> when it's over. I don't know. I feel like my housemate and I have just watched so much reality TV and so much Beverly Hills Housewives that it's like, oh how have we lived on this planet so long that we haven't got? filler or all stars where they all the queens come back and suddenly they've got like mouths like out to here with yeah. all their like <laughs> new traveling <teeth>. money <laughs> truly it's like yeah geordie shaw they get a little bit of money and then they're like okay great <laughs> i'm gonna change who i am which is fine i love it but i'm just like it's a dangerous road to go down because i feel like as soon as you start it's like there's always something yeah. there's something else since we were talking about traveling and Australians abroad and stuff, I think it's a good opportunity to raise the fact that this year Schoolies is cancelled. Yes. I didn't know that Schoolies was an event to be cancelled. You know, like, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was like... <laughs> a concept. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody goes on Schoolies. It's a state of mind. <laughs> Controversially, Toolies is still on this year, so... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I had a good schoolies, but we booked the wrong week. So 
everybody went the week before and we ended up going a week after but it was fun because we had like a shared backyard with this group of boys from sydney and that was just like a lot of fun like randomly hooking up with these boys and having a good time and i had a little fling with a a young man there which was very sweet but he lived in sydney and i lived in melbourne and then that was it but it was a very fun time for me as a teenager who like didn't get much prospects in high school let's be absolutely honest here (laughs) so to like to like be done with that it felt like a fresh start to be like and now people want to fuck me yeah That was very important to me. I have my ATAR. I'm ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I can let me be plowed. Like, (laughs) where did you go? Where did you go for your destination? We went to Byron, which was so nice. Oh my God, it was so nice. I feel very lucky. Byron is kind of classy because a lot of people go to like Gold Coast. Yeah. And then Byron is like private school. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now did I think of it? Another girl I know who went to a private school went to Byron. So this all makes sense. It all makes sense. All my friends went to Byron, but I had like all my performing arts degree auditions during that week. And I was just kind of like, ugh, I cannot be bothered going half up, half down. So I actually missed out on schoolies. But I, I think there was some huge calamity with my friendship circle that happened at schoolies. Like there was all this infighting and couple people left early and someone got kicked out of their hotel and I was like I am not sad to have missed that friendships (laughs) break down on schoolies like if you don't have like a cemented friendship with your friends yeah all that resentment that you've held in and been like well I've got to hold it in because we're still at school together for you know however many years it's like no it's gone I have no obligation to you fuck you all there were some people from my school that were just like I'm out I'm never speaking to any of you guys again fair Yeah, which is fair enough. Mm. I had a positive experience in high school and I think that is just fucking luck of the draw. Like I just had a good group of people around me. But if it had been like even like other year levels, I'm just like, oh, yuck. Mm. It's a gross place for people. Yeah. Do you guys have many friends still from high school? Like a handful. Five, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) a literal hand amount. Literally five people I I could message if I was going to Germany and be like, can I spend time with you or can I stay with you? That sort of thing. Mm. Also, I think like Germans are generally really hospitable. So even when I've been back previously, I've been able to just spend weeks with old friends. Yeah. But it's more like, you you ever see someone on social media and you're like, oh, that's what you do now. (laughs) It's more those (laughs) kind of friendships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are people who I like if I see them at parties and other people are throwing like high school parties anymore, but like (laughs) I can imagine running into them and it being like fun to chat with them. Mm. And then there's other people we are like, we have nothing in common, especially like with social media, the way that it is now. And like the COVID-19 stuff, people like fucking the psychos are coming out of the woodwork. I tell you what, and you're like, whoa, (laughs) like I used to sit with you in class and we would lol. And now you're like (laughs) an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. Truly. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Singing you're the voice at Coles for an (laughs) anti-lockdown protest. (laughs) Oh yeah. Stop. I think I know that I know her (laughs) there's a girl that I went to high school with that I wasn't really friends with but I always like thought she was like a nice person and now she's like invite she likes some of the stuff that I post on social media and then she started randomly inviting me to anti-vaxxer groups you personally or like lots of people me well (laughs) 
I I did ask a couple of people and they had not got the invitation. So I'm oh not saying God. that I'm special. I'm just saying yeah. I'm different. <laughs> You're not like other girls. I'm yeah. not. I'm anti-vax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's oh a little God. different. Yeah, yeah. Just she girly has things. Polio. <laughs> oh my oh God. Yeah. You must have like a chaotic online presence that attracts that kind of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Attention. People, yeah, yeah. I think because I've like aligned myself with the Greens in previous elections, or people have like seen me doing that, that they're like, "Oh my god!" Or maybe she's trying to take down the top dog. You know what I mean? She's like, "If I can convince Jordan, then I can convince anyone." If she thinks I'm top dog from our high school, then she had a very different <laughs> high school experience <laughs> than me. Oh, oh my god! Fuck. This is making me sweat. I can take my clothes off. I still have my two closest friends are from high school and I live with one of them so that is the exact same circumstance for me well word for word I have just two best friends from high school mm-hmm. and I live with one of them so <laughs> wow are we the same Jordan are you secret twins <laughs> I'm also an anti-vaxxer <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. What's your stance on vaccines, Aurelia? Are you different as well? Um, <laughs> I say give me all the vaccines that you don't want, I will take them. You're going to be so protected against everything. <laughs> Overdose. Yeah. I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about people on Instagram, have you seen that David Attenborough has just joined Instagram? Yes. Yes. And we're all better for it. Legends only. Mm. I don't think he actually posts anything, though. I think it's his team. Oh, oh a thousand percent. I don't think he has the same dexterity in his fingers anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure David Attenborough died years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no coincidence that he's like working with Prince William, whose grandmother has also been dead for many years. <laughs> Like the image is, the video is just like his mouth moving and there's just like a dubbing of like, hello, I am David Attenborough. Oh my God. You know, it's so possible that they recorded his voice before he passed away and like AI is now putting the words together. Uh, yeah. I mean, I buy it. Between him and Morgan Freeman, is there any, are there any two people who've been recorded more? Yeah. <laughs> True. How many times has Morgan Freeman played God, honestly? <laughs> like... Can you imagine being typecast as God? I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. I see that for you, Aurelia. I'm going to really yeah. work on my voice. And when I get older and people become more like socially aware, they'll be like, God is a black woman. And then it'll be me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be narrating things. You have a really like soothing voice as well. I'd happily like listen to you sort of boom from the clouds. Thank you. I have like a whole different voice for my job because I like work in the call center. But sometimes I don't take calls and I like just instant message people which is my preferred method of um, like communication <laughs> oh my God. you're gonna be the first incarnation of god that like texts i'm like but um when i do pick up the phone i make sure that my voice is really calm and really deep and then depending on what their problem is i either like pitch my voice up to sound friendlier or down to sound more threatening <gasps> wow oh my god that's so interesting actually that's something i want to talk about is do you guys notice your voice changing around potential partners? Because I know that amongst a lot of gay men, there's this idea of like your voice going lower when you're around straight men to kind of like try and fit in and be like undiscoverable or something like that. Like I still to this day... (laughs) 
You get a little like Woody Harrelson way to undiscoverable. Yeah, we become Texan. That's I'd the love dichotomy. It if you thought it, you thought you were being really subtle. Like, yeah, there's just like a subtle shift, and I'm like, you bring out a cowboy hat, you look more gay, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just start dressing as Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain. But yeah, I have noticed a definite effect that I take on sometimes unconsciously around straight guys Mm. or situations where I feel uncomfortable. I will try and like dull my gay voice down a little bit. Mm. When my girlfriend is upset, I definitely sound like my voice goes higher. So I sound like sweet. Sympathetic. Like, like, hey, baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why are you crying? (laughs) Usually I'm like... Are you crying? <laughs> Usually I'm like, hey, bitch. Is this empathy? <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. I feel like I have um, I have um, straight passing privilege, depending on the voice. group. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things that I, like, never really notice it until someone says something to me. Like, I went to drama school and one of our teachers was talking about pitching voices or... A girl was playing Juliet and was using a voice because Juliet is like 13, 14 in the scene. And then my teacher was like, I don't know if like, you know, we don't have to like pitch our voices higher when we play younger characters. And was like, Jordan, has where did your voice sound, start sounding like this? Yeah. And I was like, huh? <gasps> uh, oh. <laughs> and then yeah. like, it felt like it was like a week after. It was probably like months between. But then I, I used to work at this Italian restaurant and I worked behind the bar. So I had to take a lot of like pizza deliveries and people would show up and be like, oh, you're Jordan. Thought it'd be a guy. And then this other guy worked there was like, do you ever feel weird that you like have a man voice? <laughs> I just remember being like, this is, this has been like, what a week. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, this, point is, I don't think I really change my voice that much. I probably do subconsciously, probably more with elderly people. Well, I was going to say, I reckon you change it when you're performing because when I met you it was actually through stand-up and you when you're on stage a lot of your comedy is very dry oh yeah yeah and I feel like you have that deeper voice that more like sardonic tone <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> just real gay yeah 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 no I get that absolutely I think so do you feel like you change your voice when you perform Aurelia I think so. I think when I introduce myself, it's higher. And then when I'm actually doing my jokes, it's lower. Because I'm always like, hi. Because <laughs> you do the, like, sneak attack in your comedy. You mm. come out, like, as the, like, sweet, innocent sort of thing. And then you say, like, the filthiest shit. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's it. That's a thousand percent it. My friends still, to this day, talk about your gumball joke. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's my favorite bit. Yeah, it's theirs too. <laughs> it's so funny. You're like those, um, what are those like woodland creatures from South Park who like are really sweet and then it turns out they're satanic and they need to <laughs> sacrifice the children. Oh, the Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. No, I'm grateful to have David Attenborough on Instagram. It makes me sad when climate activists like himself, you start to be like, David Attenborough's on Instagram now. Like, <laughs> this man needs to retire, but he can't. Mm. I hope he doesn't die anytime soon. I don't think we can handle another loss this year. Mm-mm. Like, no. this year in general has felt like a big loss for all lefties. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like I said, we can have faith and be comfortable with the fact that he died years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Mm. Well, yeah, we we lost RGB. Yeah. I also watched this interesting TikTok <laughs> again, <laughs> educated through TikTok. Mm-hmm. But it, with everybody saying "rest in power, rest in peace," they were like, "It doesn't actually align with her Jewish faith." So it's better to be like, "May her memory empower you," or "May her memories strengthen you," which I thought was um, really interesting because I'll be honest, I don't know much about Judaism. I should learn more about other religions. And also because, like, I live south side, so there's a big Jewish community here and I benefit from their culture and their cuisine and stuff all the time, so I should learn. Anyway, um, but I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Mm. Did you guys see that there was that tweet from some American journalist who was like, oh, my God, I just told my 10-year-old daughter about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She cried and then she crossed her arms against her chest and said, Ruth Kunda forever. And that's the kind of pop culture crossover that I need in my life. And then everyone was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Fake (laughs) news. And then she deleted the tweet. Oh my God. so funny. (laughs) But everyone was then just like making all these memes about Ruth Kanda. Being like, everyone else being like, I also told my 10-year-old daughter. And then she cried. (laughs) Everyone's making all this fake shit. And I put up a tweet that I then quickly deleted just because I didn't want people who didn't know the content. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next to misunderstand what I was yeah, like, yeah, talking yeah. about. But it was like, I just told my 10-year-old daughter and she cried. And then she pulled out Manila's lipstick and was like, life's not fair. And that's the kind of pop culture crossover <laughs> I need in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just... <laughs> That is brilliant, and I wish you kept it up because it's so funny, but I also understand your concern because not yeah. everyone knows what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Because I had it up there for like five minutes, and then I was like, wait, like this Ruth Kanda shit has just happened. <laughs> no one is going to have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about. They're like, why is Charlie just randomly like mocked? <laughs> and compared it to Man- Manila's elimination on <laughs> drag. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like truly fuck all parents. Who, even if your kid does say something surprisingly woke, they're copying something. They're not actually like children are children. Chill out. There's like a phenomenon of being like, I told my three-year-old that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and she turned to me and said, Maya Rudolph was the most prominent. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like, check your privilege, mom. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did it. No, she fucking did it. She didn't like turn around and say like, I looked at the bug spray in the morning and I thought, gee, maybe I am the bug. Yeah. It's like, what? Is your kid a fucking nerd? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If your kid actually said that, I'll bully them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that, Ruth Kunda. Also, that sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> I know. Just so disrespectful as well. Oh, my goodness. It's too much. Oh, also, something that I thought I, I was talking to a friend about this earlier. Dax Shepard came clean about his, like, sobriety. Dax Shepard, who is um, Anna from Frozen's. <laughs> Who's the woman who plays Anna in Frozen? Kristen Ah, uh, blonde girl. Wait. Yeah, Kristen. Oh my god, we all know her name. We all know her name. Kristen. This is upsetting. Whoever's listen- <laughs> if people listen to this, they'll be screaming it. We need us. we need to edit this so we look smarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't know. It's not Kristen Stewart. Oh, it's- I just realized what it is. It is Kristen Bell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Hillary Swank's husband. <laughs> No, Kristen Dunst is a different Kristen one. Dunst. No, Dunst. no, Kristen Dunst is different. Oh, She's no, different. Um, no, this is good content. This is what people want to hear. <laughs> they yeah. want us to struggle. <laughs> anyway, so Dax Shepard, who also has a podcast, interviewing people kind of came clean about his sobriety because he's proudly said that he's like 16 years sober. But it turns out there was like an issue. Like he got into a motorbike accident and started taking vicodin to help with the pain for that which is like something else and it's just really interesting because he's there's that interesting thing with aa where the anonymity is actually a really important part of it and an important part of like checking yourself and stuff like that there is sort of this phenomenon of him and russell brand and even the guy from american pie being most people's only experience or interaction with people in AA or alcoholics. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting when, when people like that kind of... Like they only show the shiny success story. They don't show the hard work and the in-between moments. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Or then, And they're also amongst that, you know, lying about their sobriety. I got to tell you, if I went to AA and I saw a celebrity, you would all know about it. No, <laughs> truly. <laughs> but I, it's enough, I would out myself as an addict so i can yeah. talk about meeting a celebrity in my yeah life. yeah you're like the a isn't for anonymous it's aurelia's alcoholics <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like but why are you there and i'm like well i'm a raging addict honey didn't you know <laughs> welcome to my community <laughs> yeah it's just like i just thought it was a really interesting thing where it's like What's that thing called where you have you have to check yourself? There's like a proper word for it. Perhaps Mia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say check yourself before you wreck yourself. Before you yeah. wreck yourself, absolutely. <laughs> but there's an accountability aspect to it that kind of doesn't really align with this like big public celebration or mm. seeking validation because then that sort of leads you to lying about your 
sobriety. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of people question AA and, and NA and stuff like that. So to have someone, the only person that they interact with or know in AA through his podcast and stuff like that, to fall off the wagon, then it's suddenly like, oh, like it doesn't work, like blah, blah, blah. And he lied the whole time. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like the the whole system on AA and NA is built on people relapsing. Like that's the way the 12 steps work and Mm. they understand that you relapse and that's why you keep coming back and that's why it's anonymous or that's why it's a safe space because it's it's a place for people to fuck up and to hold themselves accountable. Mm. Mm. Have you finished watching Euphoria? Because that is also a theme. Have you watched it, Charlie? No, I really want to now, especially now that Zendaya just won the Emmy. And what a performance! Yeah, I'll give you my binge login. Oh, is yeah. it not on Netflix? It's on binge. It's H- oh, HBO. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, that'd be good. I'll give you my Hey You in exchange. <laughs> I love this bartering system. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Actually, that Hey You will will do me wonders. So, well, Euphoria kind of opens with it's Zendaya dealing with addiction which I think is interesting because we don't usually see young people dealing with it. Like big, the cultural stuff is like they're older. They've hit rock bottom a few times in their life. And now they have like seven, like I'm just thinking of shameless. Like they have all these kids. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like Zendaya's character, Rue. Rue. Is, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really good because I feel like there is definitely an issue with addiction, even with people our age that is not commonly spoken about. And I, when I said the thing before, I don't want to make light of, addiction or alcoholism at all and I think it's really important that that show Euphoria is now going into season two and I'm really interested to see how they're going to continue talking about it because I felt like it was portrayed in, very well in, in the show. Mm. Yeah it's kind of like any portrayal is really good like even in certain episodes we see Rue struggling with her addiction but still showing up to school still showing up to like things mm. because it's very crazy how how high functioning mm. Mm. exactly exactly And I think that the more we see people struggling with mental health in general, not that like addiction is, I don't know if it can be classed as mental health or not. Let us know in the comments. But like, um, yeah, more representation of that stuff sort of allows people to be like, oh, that's kind of where I see myself, blah, blah, blah. Rather than being like, if you know that you have a problem with alcohol and it doesn't necessarily need to be an addiction. If you're like, whenever I drink, I get incredibly angry and I alienate people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the more representation of young people seeing that, the more people will be like, oh, okay, that's me, rather than, no, but I'm not a 40-year-old rock and roll star. Like, it can't be me. (laughs) Some of us just get drunk and make dancing videos. and Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) What did you think about the other Emmy nominations and wins? I was really happy that Schitt's Creek swept up. Let's talk about it. I've seen like three episodes of Schitt's Creek and I'm I'm going to try to get into it because people have been saying how good it gets. But I feel like the first seasons for me are a bit like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh I don't want to see rich people fake struggle through life, you know? 100%. I'm so glad you said that, Aurelia, because I feel like a little bit like I've been the odd one out online lately because everyone's been raving about Schitt's Creek and and obsessed with it and like obviously the later seasons seem to have been a lot better than the earlier ones but I also a couple months ago tried to give Shit's Creek a go and I, I think I watched the whole first season and it didn't really grab me I, I felt like it wasn't anything new that I hadn't seen before 
Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested, Jordan, if you've watched the whole thing and kind of kept up with it, is it worth sticking through? Well, here's the thing, guys. We're at three stages of Shit's Creek right now. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the three stages that I went through where I watched the first episode and I was like, very similar to um, The Good Place where I was like, yeah. I'm not in the mood. Like it was, it's, it felt like high energy watching for mm. me. And I was like, Ugh, I just feel like watching things that I can kind of like slip into and um, had a different kind of tone and pace to it. And then, because I'll quickly slip into something like The Office or like yeah. Atlanta mm. or Insecure, where like it feels like I'm I've just been eased into this world, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Shit's Creek is very much like boom, this is what it is. Yeah. So I had only watched the first few episodes. I actually like, rewatched them a couple times, and then I finished the first season. And same thing, Charlie. I was like, I just don't feel like coming back to it. And now this year, because of all the hype and because of a song that I want to play for you very quickly, <laughs> I was like, I need to get back into it because I need to see it. And I'm up to about halfway through season three and it brings me so much joy. Okay. Like I, I come to it when I'm like doing my dishes. It just, it does, it grows on you. It grows okay. on you. So, so I would Would it be okay to skip the first season? Because from what I've heard, the character development gets a lot better in the later seasons. And I kind of can't be fucked seeing them like yeah. struggle. Skip yes. It. I get that. I just want to quickly play you um, a song <laughs> from it that I heard on another podcast that I think is What's the very song? funny. It's is called it Moira? Uh, it, no, it's the daughter. It's called A Little Bit Alexis. And it's oh, my like, God. I've seen this, yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's like a classic, like, think when Paris Hilton dropped her song. What was it called? It was like... Stars Are st- Blind? Yeah, the what? Stars Are Blind. Nothing in this world. Yeah. Mm. There's a few, actually. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> and it's also a bop. Like, when I heard it, I was like, I, I'm, like, addicted to this song. There's also I, a bit like, where it goes, it's very good. Is that Kesha? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kesha <goofy>. wishes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, it, it's great. And there's one bit where she goes, everybody owns a horse. <laughs> it's just, It's very funny. Anyway, so I think commit to it. But also... It's that thing that we talked about before, Aurelia, where it's like just because everybody's like losing their mind over something, give mm-hmm. yourself time. He's into it. True. I was also bummed out because I love Insecure. Ah, oh, And it. I really wanted to, them to win like at least one thing. And they looked so good in their like after party thing. I have to send it into group chat. They're just all so gorgeous. Like just such a hot cast. Oh my god, I can't stand hot casts. And Insecure <laughs> has the best sex scenes, so I'll just leave that there. Yeah. yeah. No, truly. Like, because it's, like, realistic but also hot. Like, it's <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've been binging Selling Sunset, and I'm 100% into it right now. And uh-huh. I just watched Mary's Bachelorette Party, mm-hmm. and there's that scene where they're all in, like, the hotel room, and it's just, like, all the girls from the office. And I was literally like to Josh, I was like, this is a fucking Spice Girls music video. Like, they look incredible. Like, every single one of them had, like, a different aesthetic. Everyone's looking amazing. There was, like, eight different hairstyles. The lighting and the makeup, like, 
that hair and makeup and lighting and cinematography team is working overtime for the <laughs> shittest content. <laughs> It's the same as the Real Housewives as well. Sometimes I'm like, these are some fucking looks, yeah. and these women are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Speaking of lighting, uh, the peel is closing down. Yes, I was just gonna talk about that as well. So for those not in Melbourne, the peel is a long-standing gay bar that has been in Melbourne for I don't know, like at least fifty years, I'm guessing, something mm. like that. That has recently just come out online and said that they're probably going to have to close unless they can get a lot of donations from people online. And it has sparked a big conversation because a lot of people are saying that the Peel as a venue has a bit of a sordid history with gender Mm. policing and only catering to gay men and actually turning away women because they really wanted to kind Mm. of curate this like hotbed of gay male sex sin. So people kind of like, why are we even trying to revive this venue if it doesn't actually cater to the real queer community as a broad spectrum? Mm. On like some degree, I do understand, you know, sometimes you do go into a gay club and it's just like a group of 10 straight women who are like, hey, oh my God, gay men. Gay people yeah. are like, how novel? Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't really vibe with that. But at the same time, it's like, if you curate the space the right way, you let everyone in, everyone feels welcome. But it's still your target audience will always be your target audience. Mm. Um, and I don't think a bachelorette party or like a straight woman coming in with her group of gay, gay friends every now and then would really like be that bad for them. And also, like, you're wasting your time and people would love to spend money at your venue, so let them in. Yeah, maybe you'd have enough money if you fucking let your full (laughs) spectrum of people in. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, it's an interesting thing where you talk about, like, straight people invading queer spaces, but, like, it's also, like, a comment on how unsafe women feel in other clubs as well. Mm. And it's like... It's this thing where, like, women just want to go to a club, dance like a fucking idiot and not feel like they're at risk of just being bothered or being harassed in general. Yeah. But then there's, you know, but I feel like it's like it's a gut feeling when you know when people are experiencing something or when they're, like, fetishizing it. Like, there's a plethora of straight women who, like, fully sexualize gay men and, like, force them to, like, be privy to their party as well. It's like, no, like, you're in their zone and stuff like that. But also our definition of what gay means and the LGBT the LGBTQIA plus community is is very different and uh, to what it was in the eighties and nineties and restricting to only gay men served a purpose mm-hmm. maybe in the eighties, but where are the spaces for like gay women? We need those lesbian yeah. pubs back up. <laughs> And even if a bar becomes known for like, oh, gay men tend to go to this bar or gay women tend to go to this bar, like even unofficial stuff like that will attract that to different communities Mm. anyway. So you kind of, even if you wanted theoretically to kind of really make a space that lifts up gay men, then I don't know, just make it awesome for gay men. Don't, uh, I don't know, it just seems stupid. No, but I agree with you because like, just because you're lifting one thing up, it doesn't mean that you're putting another thing down. 
So, mm. like, in theory, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a space that's very welcoming for one particular group of people, as long as you don't make it an unwelcoming place for everyone else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That yeah. Worded perfectly. Plus, yeah. I had a bit of a journey with this theme in my life, because when I was going through the clubbing period, and especially when I was in drag, I had that thing that you were speaking about earlier, that idea of, like, the kind of the group of straight women who would come and kind of like ogle at the environment. And like when I would see like a group of women, I would project that onto them regardless. And it, I remember reading this article that was about how you don't know if someone is straight or not. Mm. There may be parts of that group of women or all of it who are queer or this experience in an environment like this might actually be what they need to explore and understand themselves. So we shouldn't be as binary as like, oh, if there's a group of women at a gay club, they're inherently must be here to just kind of like ogle. Like some of them might actually be gay themselves. Some of them might be discovering. Mm, no, for yeah. sure. And like, I definitely think going out with my male gay friends when I hadn't really come out was really helpful because being in mm. those spaces was just really fun. And it was mm. so good to see gay men living their best lives. I mean, like, oh, that is so fun and wholesome because I grew up in a really religious household where, like, my mum really didn't talk to me much about being gay, but what she did say was awful and it was like, <laughs> that is not something you should do or it just, it was really badly talked about in my household and the news about being gay were all related to the AIDS epidemic and up until I moved to Melbourne, or oh, actually up until I was in like Berlin and London and in Melbourne, I'd never seen the joyful, fun side of being gay that you don't really see. You just see mm. from my perspective it was like sin, terminal sickness, death. <laughs> and Which do happen at clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I mean like, let's not put clubs the on the three a top gay clubs uh, in Melbourne also. Yeah. <laughs> That all happens in one hour at Puffdorf. <laughs> I didn't know there were other options outside mm. of that. <laughs> Plumbing is often the first foray into feeling that sense of community. And, mm, you know, yeah. nowadays with social media and Grindr and all these apps and dating and stuff, like before all that, you could honestly feel like you're the only gay in the village if you mm. didn't have gay bars. Thousand percent. They are the wake up call and possibly will actually be phased out scarily. Mm. You know, there used to be um, the Greyhound in St Kilda, which was one of my favorite. One of the I w had the best nights of my yes! life at the Greyhound. I loved the Greyhound. Because Hound. also speaking of, I just I, I, like repressed memories, but like <laughs> I got rejected from Puffdorf from the Peel. Like I was never allowed in with my friends, and all my friends were cis gay men. Like to a point where it wasn't even a thing. I would just get rejected from clubs. I studied like my university friends were at music theater. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> How much gayer can you get? Yeah, <laughs> truly, I'm trapped. <laughs> we are an ensemble. Um, but, going, ensemble um, but going to Greyhound was so much fun. I like I, my friend has like pictures of me like dancing on a podium, <laughs> like just being like met this crazy girl last night. She looked like you, but like just the best times. It was such a great venue. It was probably from memory like the best venue for drag as well yeah. like the way that the stage was set out and stuff like that and it also like was known that you could get into the greyhound it didn't matter if you yeah. were a cis gay man very or not. Welcoming. Would... yeah and it's now what what is it apartments yeah Probably. it's apartments i think but yeah. i also mm. think that a lot of my female friends that went clubbing with me like straight women 
felt so free and enlightened at clubs because there wasn't that sort of grubby male gaze there were male gaze yeah yeah <laughs> a whole other type of male gaze <laughs> like they could actually enjoy themselves and like the amount of time we spent dancing and just feeling completely free to tear up the dance floor that we 100% never would have done at a regular club mm. as much as I agree with lockdown measures it is sad that we're going to see these great venues die out and a lot of great i saw i was reading this article oh hold on no it was a twitter thread um i was reading a twitter thread that was about how like local like uh he was talking about his local nepalese restaurant that relies on the patronage of like other Nepalese and like North Indian people and they're struggling because they're all on visas so they're not getting supported by the government and stuff Mm. like this and it's and Melbourne is a place that benefits from immigrant culture food cuisine that's where that's where when we talk about Australia's great cafe and restaurant and bars it's because of immigration yeah Yeah. exactly exactly and it's just like how can we claim that and take what we want from it in terms of our Melbourne identity when it's like especially like for myself it's like I don't contribute to that at all like I'm just (laughs) I just like Mm. eat at these great places and then like not support them in times of need when they're like a huge part of our economy and tourism And we're losing so many good places. And, like, mm. as much as, you know, I want the Peel, for example, to <laughs> update its, like, policies about who can yeah. come in, I, I don't want to lose another queer venue in Melbourne. Like, mm. yeah. that's where I saw Stephen K. Amos take home a very supple-looking twink. <laughs> I just want to give a shout-out to the 86. <laughs> to the 86, yeah. The 86 bar. Um, they're doing coffees and hot jam donuts. Um, so you can support the 86 if you're in the Fitzroy, Collingwood, Abbotsford area by buying coffees and stuff from them. Nice. Amazing. And there's a, a resource that I'll put on our Instagram as well that are local restaurants and stuff who are giving free food to people on student visas and working visas who aren't getting supported right now as well. Oh, nice. Which is pretty amazing. We'll add that to our link tree. That'll be up in yeah. our links. Nice. I love a link tree. I should get a link tree. Um, Charlie, do we have any queer in A's? Yes, we do. <laughs> Great. Let me open up the facts. Another day to save another <laughs> queer. <laughs> like the heroes we are. Alrighty. This week's queer in A is from Mickey from Marabin, who says, <gasps> Earlier this year, I lost my virginity to a guy that I thought cared about me. He ended up ghosting me soon after, and now I feel like I've wasted my first time. It's been really getting me down, especially in lockdown. Do you guys have any advice for me about the whole thing? That sucks. To quote Lorelai Gilmore, give yourself time to wallow. Yeah. (laughs) I I think um, this is a situation where it's a good idea, especially if you're feeling the need to constantly be on their social media or anything. It's a good idea to just block. Unfollow, block, delete their number. Plus, I understand that the first time is really tense and emotional, but it is just the first time. Like, that, it doesn't define you. It doesn't shape you or change you. Like, yeah. virginity isn't a real thing. It was created. It's a construct by the patriarchy to make people feel like their sexuality is connected to their worth as a person. And you're worth so much Mm. more than someone who ghosted you after sleeping together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And soon you're going to sleep with someone that you feel like ghosting. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it all comes back around, you know. It's a full circle. (laughs) 
and and try and reckon with like what I found difficult when I was dating as well as like do I actually care about this person or am I just hurt that they're not responding as well yes Mm. it's like when you're sort of like why doesn't this person like me but then you have to think about like oh but i don't like them yes exactly (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and there'll be more once lockdown is over you're gonna get i don't know you're gonna get that pussy torn open (laughs) oh (laughs) that's the goal guys (laughs) get pounded It, I think, takes some time. I mean, he could be a top. We don't know. We do not know. It can still bust open if you're on top. (laughs) You're the busty. Absolutely. Something's got to bust. You've got to bust some bussies open. (laughs) I think take some time to feel shit because denying it sometimes leads to bizarre manic behavior. <laughs> and you'll end up drunk texting or calling or creating a three hour long Instagram story just to see if they respond. And that's not worth your time. <laughs> yeah. And try not to make a syndrome in yourself where you make this mean so much to you. Like, try and like see it as something that was just like a learning experience. Like, I know that for me, my first experiences sexually weren't great. It's, it's not, not that anything terrible happened. It's just like it, it wasn't with anyone that I cared about. And afterwards, I, I remember that kind of almost like hollowed out feeling of like, oh, shit, like what have I done? And like was this mm. in vain or why, why did I do this? Mm. But if that's what gets you to start being confident in your sexuality and feeling confident to begin that journey, well, then it's kind of like ripping a Band-Aid. Like you've got to do it at some point. So What a learning experience and mm. take what you can from the situation. Because, yeah, like you said, already, like this – time and you were saying charlie doesn't define you and yeah in in some ways you've done it you're gonna have a myriad of experiences as Mm. well i'm interested to ask you guys because i've only ever been with guys but as people who have been with guys and girls is there a difference of like the concept of virginity i know it's just a concept but is there this sort of sense of like oh my first time with a guy my first time with a girl Mm. that Mm. kind of stuff Mm. For me, there wasn't... I I never felt like I lost my lesbian virginity or anything like that. (laughs) I I do remember, like, the first time I, like, really hooked up with a girl, slept with a girl, and I was like, oh my god, this is so new and amazing, and I love experiencing this. But I did sleep with a girl a year ago or so. Longer than a year ago, maybe. And it was her first time, and, like, I knew that. But then after, she was like, you just took my lesbian virginity. (laughs) 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 she just said that and i was like a bit like taken aback and feeling a bit weird because i never (laughs) i don't believe like believe in virginity so her saying it was like making it a big deal and then um (laughs) yeah and then i didn't ghost her but i was i had to send this message of being like i don't think i want what you want because she kind of wanted a relationship after three days um, so clearly she was a lesbian, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when you've lost your lesbian virginity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. you've moved into your first home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is interesting. It was definitely much more of a big deal when I, like, when I would, like, go to sleep at night. I would, like, try to envision who I would lose my virginity to. <laughs> and it was always going to be a boy because at the time I was, like, I believed I was straight. <laughs> um, so this is all in heterospect. <laughs> 
But I've been watching Encore on Disney, which is a, a show where they like go back to high school and do their old high school musicals. Anyway, and they're like, I fully, need to watch this one. Yeah, it's great. And they're like fully grown adults. And they do this like classic like drama school thing where they all sit down and then they're like, what would you say to your 15 year old self? What would your 15 year old self say to you? And I fucking know that 15 year old me would have been like, who'd you do? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me who you fucked. <laughs> Because every person I walked past, I was like, opportunity could be them. Who knows? <laughs> I think that for me, virginity, it was very much like, I just have to do it in an environment where I feel safe and yeah. feel like the person cares about me in some way, whether it's a friendship or not, so that I can then go on and keep having sex with as many people as possible. <laughs> yeah. Get that body count up. Just needed to. Yeah. Literally. I was like, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Which again is probably why now, like you were earlier, I'm like, virginity is a fucking myth. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's so many different ways of having sex. Plus you get better at sex the more you have it. And so like mm. the, the idea that you should be like, that it should be this magical first experience from the get go. It's just like, it's impossible. Like no. I often think about similar to what you were saying, Jordan, but like, I kind of think about like, wouldn't it be great to have my current confidence and sexual awareness back when I was like, you know, just finished school and like could have actually like used all that guidance but I suppose you could also say that like I couldn't be where I am now without that mm, period. Mm, so. Absolutely. And then I like lost it to a guy that I knew for like a couple days and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it to someone I would never see again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was like so nice. I had felt great. So it doesn't matter. Oh my God. Mine was fine. But then afterwards I went to my best friend's house and had a panic attack and popped a Valium because I couldn't (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Yes. I was like, never let me do this again. So what's his name? Winnie from Workinshaw? Where's he from? What's his name? <laughs> Winston from Worcestershire. <laughs> um, uh, Mickey from Moorabbin. Mickey. Okay, so Mickey, just take some Valium. And yeah, <laughs> calm the fuck down. <laughs> You're overreacting. Can <laughs> <laughs> we just gaslight Mickey? <laughs> Hey, Mickey. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Mickey, virginity doesn't exist. You're a drama queen. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck over it. You got dick. You're better than most people. It's fine. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, um, that's that on that. I'm going to watch. I'm going to finish Selling Sunset because I haven't finished it. So I will do that this week. Me too. Catch up. And um, I'll continue watching Shit's Creek. Let me know how you guys go on your journey. Did you end up watching Christian Mingle? No, I couldn't. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Oh, my God, I have to. You both should. Soon. It's trash. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the pod, by the way, it'd be such a help to us if you could give us a nice rating on Apple. It really helps us get going. Yeah, fuck yeah. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.